Yo, 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 good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville. Peace to the city, peace to the planet. This is another episode, your favorite podcast, The Black Men Vent 2 Podcast. Good morning, Nashville. Have you heard a black man vent today? Nashville, we got a great episode for you guys this Monday morning. My name is Jonathan Davis. I go by Junebook. My name is Leon Davis Jr. and I go by L Dog. And we thankful to God for allowing us another day to be alive, another day to be breathing this God-given air, and also another Monday morning to be able to have another opportunity to present to our BMVT audience another podcast. We're so thankful for, again for this opportunity. Yeah, Nashville, we're getting into, I want to say it's our fourth month, fourth mm-hmm. month now almost of uh, being a full-time podcast mm-hmm. now, and we've um, just hit different milestones throughout this uh, these this four-month course, but we could not have done it first off without God and as well as the listenership and support that you guys have given us throughout the four months. So uh, we definitely want to say we thank you for that. And again, guys, next month is rolling right back around, and we got a new season for you guys, and we definitely, definitely hope you guys give us that same support. Pop. Yeah, yeah, get ready to tune in for this next season, man, because it's going to be something that uh, – I think it's going to be very uh, helpful for us as black men, but not only black men in general, but for our black families, man. And uh, again, we're not trying to uh, exclude nobody, but we want to be all inclusive of anybody that want to hear our podcast. But we're mainly trying to reach our community, man, to make our community better. That's what we're all about. So this next season, we're really going to dive into that on a more a more serious tip. Yeah, definitely. I, I I think you know me and pops. One thing we do well is we don't we don't put added pressure behind this just being needed to be heard by black people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a culture, we go through so much that that all cultures, races, and creeds need to hear just what black people go through, what we've been through, and then how we choose to uh, vent and share our emotions on various platforms like the one that we provide here on um, the Black Men Vent Two Podcast. So Nashville again. Um, we're, we're, we're expanding and we want to continue to be exposed to all ears. So just continue to support us. Today's episode will be via Zoom just for, um, you know, your listening pleasure for those of you guys that will be tuning in today. And as we said about our previous Zoom episode, do not let the 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 way that we're doing this episode take away from the listening of the content because it's going to be good. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we try different things. Sometimes we can't get people to physically come to the BMVT vent table so we have hit the road and we will travel if necessary we can get to you but if we can't get to you via travel we'll get to you via zoom or or, or microsoft teams or whatever we got to do man to right. get an interview or get you to vent we'll do what we have to do because we want to keep this interesting want to keep it going curious to want to know of how to get on the black man vent podcast pay attention to our instagram and our facebook page as we have made posts um in regards to a google doc that you guys can fill out just pretty much almost like a uh consultation what mm-hmm. you would say mm-hmm. to just kind of get the help us to know you and get to know you and then just see if you are fitting for the content and for what we're trying to do in ways of serving our black community one episode at a time. Next week, we won't hold you guys long. This is the Body Mass Index of Relationships and Marriage in a Black Man with our special guest that is coming soon after our sponsorship segment break. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? Stay tuned.
Good morning, Nashville. Good morning to you guys again. We want to thank you guys for joining the Black Man Venture Podcast this Monday morning, your favorite podcast. We want to thank you guys again for your listening pleasures. Uh, we have the Body Mass Index of Relationships and Marriage and a Black Man with our special guest this morning. And uh, again, Nashville, we just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man vent today? We are excited this morning. We have a good friend of mine, a good frat brother. I know y'all tired of hearing us, but we ain't tired of talking. So with that being said, um, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated has graced us again, and we're going to make sure that we get into the content for the day, and we are excited. The Black Man Ventu Podcast has traveled via Zoom, as we mentioned in our introductory segment, all the way to Houston, Texas. Uh, Rex Howard Jr. is our guest for today. Uh, good friend of mine, good frat brother, has a lot going for himself. He's doing a lot, man, and most of all, he's serving. That's the biggest thing that I can see from uh, my good friend, man. He's serving his community. Um, just and, and and just just being a part of the positive things that that black men need to be a part of in order to keep um, just 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 keep keep hope alive for our culture. So um, won't hold you long, Nashville. We're gonna get right into the content for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my good brother, my good friend Rex Howard Jr. All the way from Houston, Texas. Big dog, how you doing this morning? Man, I am blessed and uh, happy to be here, man. I appreciate y'all for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. We want to thank you for being here, man. And uh, just thank you for being on the podcast. Nashville, again, have you heard a black man been today? Rex, man, give us, man, a little bit of uh, just just, just background, man, on, again, who you are and uh, talk about your brand, the Rex Fit brand, as well as the podcast that you do of <laughs> another fellow frat brother man as well, man. Okay, uh, so once again, I appreciate y'all for having me. My name is Rex Howard Jr., also known as The Relationship Coach. I am 26 years old from Knoxville, um, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a little bit of time in Nashville from 2014 to 2016 at Tennessee State University, where I did create... Big blue. Big blue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Big blue. Where I did create my Rex Fit brand, and that right there propelled me to do bigger and better things Mm -hmm. but in this present moment right now i am in houston um i just moved here last year i decided to pack up the whip um no 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 u-haul or nothing i put what can fit in my car got on the road i applied to the school called houston baptist university to pursue my master's degree in marriage and family therapy and um and also at in this present moment i'm i'm i brand myself as a relationship coach and the goal for that is to help couples and individuals with conflict resolution with communication with fondness and admiration which is pretty much becoming more friends uh or keeping the friendship alive and also sex intimacy mm-hmm. so those are those are my things of interest and that's just that's where i'm at right now mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. definitely well, mm-hmm. definitely man and, um just man touch up just a little bit with us as well man about the rex brand of um the rex brand that you had rex fit brand man talk to nashville man of how it started man and how it <laughs> Okay, so uh, in order for me to talk about Rexford, I got to take you back to high school. Right. So back in back in high school, I used to work with this guy named Coach D uh, from D Block, and he was a personal trainer. With his personal training, he worked with people from the impoverished community all the way to the um, the wealthy community. Mm-hmm. But he showed everybody the same amount of love, and the way he treated us, the way I felt around him, and the way I watched people respond to the way he showed love and trained, I wanted to. Uh, to reciprocate that and I wanted to, to be that way wow. so with that being the case um back in high school I used to watch my brother play basketball and I used to lead the student section 
Mm-hmm. And we used to have, we had these vendors come and print these flags off that you can get personalized, customized flags. Mm-hmm. So I put my name on there as P90REX. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. with that being the case, my pop seen us like, yo, son, you're going to get sued if this ever blows up. So, right. <laughs> we're just we're just having kitchen talk, and he was like, what you think about Rex Fit? Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, I think that's a pretty dope brand. So, um, I went off to college like a month or two later, and when I got to college, as you know, like when you're a freshman, everybody wants to know who's who and what are you doing. Yeah. So, I went to school for exercise science, and I was like, but I'm a personal trainer, and my brand is Rex Fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like, well, I had four girls to start all my sessions off with. It was like, I'm interested in training. So I used to train outside of the TSU's uh, workout facility on the court with no goals on it. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started with a group of four girls and my biggest group expanded to 85 plus people. Mm-hmm. So wow. uh, I, I continue to push the brand. The, the main uh, the reason for the brand is to help individuals become the best versions of themselves, right? And that's what I wanted to push so I left TSU because I, I'd seen my brand growing but it was only so much it can grow like it was a cap at TSU right. so right. I had to I transferred to the University of Tennessee Chattanooga mm-hmm. continue I start personal training inside the facility that they had and I thought to myself how can I expand the brand and make it bigger mm-hmm. and the next level was um, a clothing line so I learned how to make clothes I got a heat press I found a vendor and what I did was I started making my own stuff and I got to the point where my first week, I, I was only, my, my most expensive item was $25. Mm-hmm. My cheapest item was $15, which was t-shirts. My most expensive was a hoodie. Mm-hmm. My first week I sold a thousand dollars worth of merchandise. Wow. But I only had, I only had four items in stock. <laughs> wow. I only had four items in stock. Okay. So with that being the case, I had a lot of work to do. And I thought to myself, how can I, how can I make this easier myself? So I decided I wanted to get a team of ambassadors. So I made a poll, uh, like an interest type of situation on Instagram to say who would be interested in being an ambassador. Mm -hmm. Man, I had 50 DMs. Wow. Wow. And that right there made me feel good because it's not 50 DMs from people at TSU. It became 50 DMs from people at University of Tennessee Chattanooga. I'm like, I didn't know I had this kind of impact already. Right. So I decided to stick with just 12 um, at UTC. Um, just to help me expand the brand, I did this thing called Rex Fit Mondays, where all my ambassadors, they will all wear Rex Fit. And those are the days we actually sold the most. And to right. continue to expand, I had ambassadors at TSU, I had ambassadors at Austin P, and I had ambassadors at NTSU. Wow. So I pushed it and I pushed it as much as I could. Um, and I told myself, all right, how can I take this to the next level? Because I still, at the same time, I am in the fraternity. I am, uh, I have a full-time job and I'm a full-time student. Right. So I was like, how can I stop spreading myself so thin? Right. I told myself, I linked up with a guy in Atlanta. He uh, runs his own manufacturing company and he does websites. Mm-hmm. He was like, Rex, what I can do is I can take your brand. Um, I can do the website for you. I can run it and I could make sure I manufacture all your merchandise and send it out. All you got to do mm-hmm. is check the emails and confirm certain things. I was like, listen, that's a bet. Right. So I did that. And as of right now, like the business is kind of on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really poured much into it simply because I've been so focused on my masters, mm-hmm. but that's just a brief synopsis of the brand. Man, that's good, man. Yeah. That, is yeah. real, that is real good. And I appreciate, yeah. I just appreciate a young man that's uh, striving to be better, man. And see, when you do that, it'll, it'll cause your peers, man, that want to follow that model, man. So, so with that being said, how did you, uh, 
get off into the coaching thing, the relationship coaching type ordeal. Okay. So everything started, I'm not going to lie to you, everything started around COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So COVID hit and I had realized this is the most time I've ever spent by myself. Mm -hmm. The most time I've ever, and I didn't like it. It was a very unsettling feeling because in while throughout my life, I've been in and out of relationships. And what happens is I never spent my time to actually be single. I always filled those voids with extra women or just entertainment or just spending time with other people, yeah. never spending time alone. Yeah. So as I got to spend time alone, um, I start feeling certain ways that I didn't like. Yeah. And I was like, you know what I'm saying? What is this? Is this the feelings that I've been suppressing from these past relationships? What is it? So um, the lady I'm actually dealing with now, that's my, my girlfriend, she told me, she was like, what's, a, what's something that could help you get these feelings out? And I was like, you know what? I used to write and journal and I used to poem, write poems back in the day. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I started doing. I started writing poems. And at first, my mind, everything was all sexual. So all my poems are sexual. And then mm -hmm. I spent the weekend with my family mm -hmm. um, in the cabins. And that right there for me was a shift because I have I have alcoholics in my family. I have drug abuses in my family. Yeah. There's a lot of dysfunction yeah. in my family and not much yeah. conversation when it comes to growth. So during that time, I took a seat, I took a step back and I just watched everything from the outside looking in and I saw how the lack of communication, I saw how we didn't have much family tradition, I saw how things were going here and like how people just made the, the dysfunction continue to flow. Mm. So I wrote a poem called Dysfunctional Family. Mm. And um, and in that poem, mind you, I, I really want to read it to you guys if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and this this right here would give you a breakdown of how everything shifted for me. Mm -hmm. So with dysfunctional family, um, here we go. It's I've come to the realization that a lot of my bullshit and feelings that I have a hard time explaining stems from my parents' toxic traits. My parents had five kids by the age of 20. They were kids raising kids trying to teach us what they were never taught. We grew up not knowing how to fully express ourselves because we were taught to shut up and get out of our feelings. Wow. We grew up not knowing how to properly communicate because all we saw was arguing and fighting. It was a constant battle between who was right and who was wrong. It was never, what's the problem and how can we fix it? Mm -hmm. It was hard talking to our parents about our problems because they were dealing with their own problems, trying to raise us, feed us, and work on their marriage. Growing up, we needed things that they could give us, give us because it was never given to them. It's hard trying to teach what you were never taught, and it's hard staying afloat when it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Growing up, we knew and felt love, but it came in many different forms. Some love was shown by gifts, hugs, kisses, or a really nice home-cooked meal, but most of it was tough love. We all have problems that stem from our childhood. Problems with expressing ourselves, problems with effective communication, problems with intimacy and love. Some problems we can understand and some that we can't. Those problems turn into habits, and those habits turn into addictions. We're all fucked up in some way, form, or fashion. It took me a while to figure this out, and now that I have, one thing is very clear. Although I grew up in a house, the older I get, the more I realize that house was never a home. I'm a product of a dysfunctional family. Wow. So wow. when I when I wrote that, that right there was the complete shift for me. I graduated exercise science with a minor in business, but I was like, you know what? How can if I can come to the realization for myself, how can I help people do this? on the greater scheme of things. So I joined a master's program and then in the process of me getting my master's, I'm a year and a half in, I have a year and a half left. And before I'm licensed, I have another two years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I really, the lifestyle that I want, I can't really wait 
for my bag to come. I really like, I'm really trying to live now. Right. So relationship coaching was another avenue for me to talk to people and to deal with people and to help people without trying to tie too much into their past baggage in their childhood, but more so focus on the here and now. So long story short, that's exactly how I came to where I am. Man, that wow. man, hey man, that 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 is uh that's encouraging and it's also inspiring, man, to the point that you didn't allow the things that you said in the poem, like your mother's uh and father's uh, relationship and the success or the non-success thereof affect you moving forward. Right. And you and one thing I like that you said in that poem, man, is that you released a lot of stuff, it sounds like to me in that point, yeah. man, mm -hmm. and you took that, and see, that's what we have to do as besides, and as brothers in general, in general, man, we have to stop allowing stuff to hold us back, but go ahead and face it. That's the reason we try to use this platform, that, this platform that we use called the Black Man Vent 2, and we at the table this morning, and we want brothers to vent, man, and when you tell it, now let me ask you something. When you wrote the poem, did that make you feel better? Just getting that out. 100% because I had it I had it on paper. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, man. And that's just another form of venting. You know, and some people take this platform that we use and they, they say it's a, we've had some, you know, we all get negative feedback, positive feedback. But at the end of the day, it's my, it's my strong belief that if you can talk about something and if you can face your issues, man, and, and be transparent to yourself. I'm talking about, like you said, we all got dysfunction in us in some way. Look at that dysfunction and say, what can I do to make this dysfunction better? And if I can make my dysfunction better, look what happened to the family, yeah. especially black men. You know what I'm saying? Especially, yeah. especially them, man. Well, let me ask you this. So black men in general, black women too, but I'm just talking about black marriages. Do you think society's pressures of being a black man and being a black female when your mother was growing up and even us right now, was that a lot of pressure as far as trying to keep the marriage together? Cause you know, we deal with poverty, we deal with insurance issues, we deal with uh, not being able to do some of the things that we want to do to release for us as a family. And we deal with all that stuff, man. And then more or less, we deal with being black in America. And we already know yeah. what that's it, man. Yeah. So how does yeah. that stuff affect marriages because I know it's affecting them in a negative way because the numbers when you look at it hey man our numbers don't look good when it comes to marriages you know what I'm saying yeah they don't they don't look good at all and I would say it affects it in many in, in the multiple in multiple ways so let's say let's take step outside the house at work a black man going to work every single day if he does not love his job but he's there just to provide for his family he's dealing with the stresses at his job and he's trying not to lose his job even though he loves that, he doesn't love that job. On, he's now. trying not to lose it because it's, fi it's financially taking care of the family. And then you have the kids on the other side. You, you have a realization that as a black man, if I am going to be a provider, I'm going to miss out on certain things. Yes. So that may, that may mean, that may mean my shifts may be a little bit longer, especially if my wife isn't able to work because she's taking care of the kids. My shifts may be longer, so I may not have I may not be able to be there emotionally for my kids like I need to, like I want to, or be there emotionally for my wife. So if I'm, that's that's when it comes to the kids. When it comes to your wife, your wife is going to need certain things from you. She's going to want your time. She's going to want your yes. attention, and she's going to want to be pleased. Yes. But if you're you're pouring all of your time and energy at work and on the outside, and you're taking in the stuff from the racial profiling hmm. to to trying to deal with the cops and trying to deal with work and trying to make money, you mm. don't have the energy to put into that relationship. Now you're adding stress to you and your wife's relationship. Mm -hmm. So 
And not to mention that, if your childhood, if you didn't have a happy marriage or a successful, healthy marriage model in your childhood, then you and your wife are trying to learn as you grow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if the wife isn't learning at the pace that you're learning, that's already another stress because you feel like you have to teach her. Mm-hmm. So now, now you're a father, you're a provider, you're a husband, you're a teacher, you're a motivator. Mm-hmm. You, you're trying to, you're trying to, yeah. you're trying to do so many things and trying to play so many roles and wear so many hats. Mm-hmm. So now, at the end of the day, you are stressed beyond yeah, yeah. measure, and you necessarily necessarily don't have a way to release your stress. You don't really want to tell your wife all your problems because you don't want her to feel like you can't handle it. You don't really want to show your kids that you're stressing because you don't want them to think that, all right, if pops can't handle it, how can I handle it when I grow up or if I get in a tough position? So as a, as a black man, we kind of got to wear two faces, man. You know, we got to put on this happy face all the time and we can never really show what we're really feeling. Hey man, I I know you telling the truth, man, because, uh, Hey man, I'm still dealing with that now, but just the fact that you said all that, man, so and so that going into a marriage even like you said coming home with them stressors man and a bro coming home he want to relax he want to chill but he can't and you know and that's one thing i think brothers have to understand man going into a marriage man that is a like a it's like a it's like but this one thing i think we really have to understand i can't do it by myself i need Thanks. my wife's support man and and the wife have to understand also that I need to support this man to help him be the man that he needs to be. And then that reciprocates into him helping me be the woman I need to be. So when you go into the marriage vows, it say we come together as one. So when we come 100%. together as one, all the weight is not on him. All the weight is not on her. We do this thing yeah. together. So that's where the communication come in. And if we're not communicating, man, we're going to have a mess. We're going to have a mess. Every single time. And I'll, I'll even piggyback off that. Um, a lot of times what happens is what happens is during our dating phase or boyfriend and girlfriend phase, we're picking up on wife and husband roles, right? Early. Mm-hmm. We're picking up on these roles early and and it's almost like we have un unmet or unsaid expectations based mm-hmm. off what society's already doing. Yeah. So we're looking yeah. at social media and social media is saying, all right, that man is supposed to do this, a man is supposed to do this, and a woman is supposed to just take care of the kids and just do it as she wants to do at home. Right. And before before kids get in the picture, the since society is pushing that for a woman, she wants to be at home regardless, mm-hmm. for the most yeah. part. Not not speaking on every woman, because a lot of women out there, they go get a bag. They go get right. a bag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. but with those unmet, unsaid expectations, we hop, where people hop into marriages, and they just expect everything to fall in its place. But that's mm-hmm. not the case. Right. If you've never stated what you expected from your partner, you never stated what you needed emotionally or what you needed mentally or how you needed your partner to show up. They would never know. So a lot of times you may have a man that doesn't need his wife to work at all. He just needs him. He just needs her to be his peace. So when I get home, I just want peace. When I get home, I don't want I don't want a clutter. When I get home, I will love a meal. I, I don't mind helping you with the meal, but I would love a meal if when I come home. I just want peace. And if he's doing everything and when he gets home, she wants to argue about certain things, hmm. then it's like, he doesn't even want to be there. So this is yeah. the thing that we all do and it's called stonewalling. And stonewalling is pretty much, you avoiding conversation, you avoiding conversation 
and you just kind of sitting there while your wife is talking and you just let one thing go one ear and out the other. Now she doesn't feel hurt. Now she yeah. isn't happy. And that's more stress being at it. Man, dude, I know, I, I, I ain't talking about I heard what you said. I know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're right. I done lived it, man. But I thank God because me and my wife, that's one thing that we have done is communicated, man. I think that's really been a real big part of our relationship, man. But I think that's big because you said one thing. When you are a married, when you're a girlfriend and boyfriend, and then you start, like the old people say, shacking. Well, you start yeah. living together. You know what I'm saying? Now you're yeah. practicing something that really was not meant to be practiced in that way. Because you right. know what I'm saying? So, and I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna ask you this. So when you're doing your coaching and counseling, do you do it from a biblical perspective or do you do it from a right now perspective and try to lead up to the biblical? Because like you said, if I never had that biblical example and then then people expect me not, but if I never had that example, I don't know what to try to, to get to. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That should be the ultimate. But if you never had that, do you try to coach people to that level? Is that the like the is that like the the, the uh, Mount Rushmore, or do you just try to meet them where they are and just help them? You know, with whatever they bring to your table, you just try to deal with that. Okay, so I may answer that a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. So I focus on the here and now, mm -hmm. right? Okay. The school I go to is Houston Baptist University, so we do a lot of stuff based on Christian principles, but I only bring those up if that's what my people are talking about, if that's what they're connected to. Yeah. And then another thing is I like to figure out what they want and what, what have they seen. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that's a struggle is, it's hard to create something that you've never saw before. There you go. There you something go. that you've never seen models. So True. it's like, okay, if you've never seen a happy relationship, but you and your wife, if you and your lady want to get married, if you've never seen that, how do you plan on creating it? And how do you plan on figuring out a system to where like you can guys can be consistent for the rest of your lives? Because this isn't something that you can just start now, do for one or two months, and then expect things to continue getting better. Right. What can you do now that's going to make sure that you can continue this for the rest of your marriage to make sure that things don't get back to what your parents had, which was dysfunction? Man, man. Yeah. You know what? You said yeah. something big, and I, I see Bug had a question, but let me throw this in right quick. You said <laughs> something, man, you know, when we started this podcast, man, we was trying to just make it successful. So I was listening to a bunch of stuff, man. I was listening to these guys one time. They was talking about some things that would help make your podcast successful. And one thing they said that I've started to even incorporate in my life, man, because I understand it. But they said consistency compounds. And man, that what you just said, when you start building on the positive, it can't do never be positive, man. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. And talking about consistency compound, I start understanding it from a uh, from a banking relationship. When you start, when that interest, when you start getting them credit cards and you get that that you charge <laughs> and stuff, and you don't pay it, guess what? It compounds, man, yeah. in, a, yeah. in a negative way. But just flip that to life and make it a positive compound, man. And consistency does compound, man. You just have to stick with it, man. And one thing about marriage too, man, I think this, I'm gonna let June Boy get this question, but uh, in marriage, man, you have to understand when you make those vows, man, you in it for the long haul, dude. That's and it. I think that's what scares a lot of men yeah. that they want to live with ladies first and you want to try to call out before you take, before you buy the car and all that stuff. But if you really love a person, man, and she really loves you, then that's one of them things, man, where you have to allow the process to be a process. Don't think it's yep. going to be good all the time because it's not. 
I'm here to tell yeah. us, man. It ain't gonna be good all the time. But guess what? But you got somebody that's willing to work with you, then it's gonna work though. It's gonna work. Yep. It's real again. Good morning to you guys. Have you heard a black man Vincent Bay the body mass index of relationships and marriage and a black man with my guy Rex Howard Jr., man? We want to thank you guys nationally for your listening support. Uh Rex, man, um, I'm gonna shift the conversation a little bit, man. You know, the season prior to this season, we touched on marriage. And we had uh, guests that came on that were married that you know gave us their synopsis if you will of just what their marriage has looked like and then this season that we're currently on is relationships and we've had all of our guests that are in relationships that are um you know at some point you know looking to that that altar so to speak right uh one of the guests that was um on our uh, show man he said man you know you love a girl when you love her crazy <laughs> it's as simple as that. You know you love a woman. Uh, shout out to Charles. You know you love a woman uh, when you love her crazy. So with that question being the backdrop, tell us about your relationship with your woman. Not saying that she crazy. I, I hope she don't, she don't take that from the black man video. Right. <laughs> but, um, just, just talk to us, uh, Rex, man. Talk to Nashville about your relationship with your young lady and necessarily how you've had to love her and meet her where she's at and then share with us where you guys are going moving forward in your relationship. Okay, okay. I think that's a really great, <laughs> a really great question. And before I actually get into it, I would say this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I've always been the type of person where because I've seen crazy growing up, mm -hmm. I've seen what crazy could lead to. Mm -hmm. And beca mm -hmm. because yeah. my parents had a physical relationship, mm -hmm. um, because I had a physical relationship, I saw how crazy could end up. Yeah. And and that right there was ended up in a divorce. Wow. So with that being the case, you can love you can love their crazy or you can normalize their specific behaviors but to a certain extent it's i can't stay for everything mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. Be because it, it may get to a point where it's i may hit something that i can't control or i may not be able to control myself in a certain situation that may end me uh <laughs> end me up somewhere else yeah. that i need yeah. to be mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i would i would definitely say that but speaking of my relationship so like i said i'm 26 my lady is 22 Mm -hmm. So there's already an age gap, right? Mm -hmm. She has her own different life experiences. I've had my own different life experiences. But coming together has been, um, it's definitely been a challenge for me to put my own personal experiences to the side and see her and meet her and accept her for who she is, where she is, and what she is, mm -hmm. right? And for a, for a long time in my relationships, I felt like if I could change this, if I could change that, I could create the perfect woman, mm -hmm. right? But but that's not what the situation is. You have to accept them where they are and, and you can help them become a better person, mm -hmm. but you can't make them become anything because yeah. at the end of the day, if they don't want to become something, they just won't ever become it. So true. So, so true. So with that, so with that being the case, um, one thing I truly value about my relationship with my lady now is she was one of the first women in my life that, that taught me boundaries because boundaries wasn't something I spoke about that was a conversation in my home. My parents, they could go through our phones anytime they wanted to, but open up doors anytime they wanted to. They would cross conversational boundaries so we couldn't say or speak on certain topics. But with my new partner, um, boundaries has been big. Boundaries have been big on a conversation topic. They've been big on just um, personal space. And also when it comes to sex and intimacy, there's always been boundaries created within our relationship. And that's one thing I really respect because 
in my past, I've always been used to getting what I wanted. So when you have somebody tell you no or limit certain things, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like hold on. Yeah, it's just different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where is this coming from? Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, man. Since you uh, sounds like you had a biblical school that teaches okay. biblical principles, and I heard you say you, 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 you know about the biblical model of marriage. So when you say the boundaries, so what does the sexual boundaries look like in your relationship, and where do you stand with that now that you? probably have experienced that in your relationship. I don't know if you have or not. But if you have, right. if you have experienced that in your relationship right now, do you wish you had awaited? Or are you going to set some boundaries now where you say, okay, we're going to do this and that and we're going to try to lead up to the marriage thing. Because that, hopefully that's the ultimate goal for you and your right. the person to be right now is the marriage. Right. So where are you at right now as far as that's concerned? Okay, so once again, the ultimate goal is marriage for me, right? right? That's something that I truly want. Um, another thing when it comes to our our boundaries, we did have sexual boundaries. Um, we did not wait because we're not engaged or we're not married yet. So we we wait. We did wait a year for anything sexual um, just to continue building a relationship. But I wish we would have waited until marriage simply because when you wait till marriage, once you wait till marriage, you have the, um, the ability to get to know your partner for exactly who they are. Yeah. And there's nothing that can stop that. There's If you take sex, right? And let's just say sex becomes the strongest part of your relationship. Mm -hmm. If anything were to go wrong, if, if you start as a man, if you're stressed to the point where you got so much going on, your other man ain't gonna be working like you Come want to. Come on now, come on now. And the minute, come on now. And, the, and, and if you become, if sex is the biggest thing in your relationship and your other man ain't working like he's supposed to, then now that there's extra extra added stress into your relationship because now yeah. your partner's looking at you like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. And and because, because they are a man, um, they don't understand what we go through and what our body go through and that our other head has the mind of his own. Yeah. There's certain days it'll cooperate, <laughs> certain days it won't. So it's just like that that's a big thing. So another thing I would say I wish it would wait it simply because and just in general with sex with anybody, because once when you don't wait, you have so many other things that you're comparing your partner to, so many other experiences that you're Come comparing on, your huh? partner to. Come on. So if I've dealt if I've dealt with ten women in my past yeah. and every woman done something different, yeah, and my woman isn't necessarily doing that different, yeah, it's yeah. like in the process of me dealing with her, I'm thinking about so-and-so. In the process of me doing this, I'm thinking about so-and-so. Yeah. So, and the same way on her end, if I'm not if if I'm not performing in a manner of which she's used to by another person, yeah. now she's comparing it. Now in her head, while we may be interacting in a sexual manner, but she may be somewhere else in her head. Yeah, yeah. So with that being the case, it's too many, it's too many examples, it's too many comparisons. So that's why I really wish we would have waited. And actually, me and her, we've had multiple conversations because she's she's a church woman as well. Praise and God. she mentions that when she goes to church um, and the topic of sex does come up, she feels conflicted. And so we've had the conversation. And, and I told her, I said, look, if, if, if waiting is something that you want to start now, even though we didn't wait, if it's something you want to start now, as a man, I wouldn't like that, but I'm down for it because I know what the ultimate goal is. Yeah. Amen. And then, I know. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. So, so ultimately, like I said, I know what the ultimate goal is. And one thing that already helps it out 
is I'm in Houston and she's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So we already have a distance relationship. And I said, we can just use this time to pour into each other on a mental level, on a spiritual level, on an emotional level, yeah. just to continue to grow our friendship. So that is a conversation that, that we have had. Yeah. Hey man, that's real big because Very when big. you say she's conflicted and then I just threw in convicted because yeah. all that ties together because <laughs> yeah. confliction comes from like, like my, you know, I'm conflict, conflicted because it don't feel right. But you're yeah. also convicted because of your raising and what you know the Bible represents in that area. But one thing that you did say, and that helps explain why the Bible has the model and the, the teachings of no sex before marriage. Because when you take all of these extra, all these previous experiences, sexual experiences into this one that I want to be right. Like you said, I'm comparing. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. I'm comparing what he did. She's comparing what he did. You're comparing what the other person did. And granted, we've all been in relationships. Forgive me, Father. Yeah. But we've all been in relationships <laughs> where you knew that the sex was good, but the relationship yeah. was terrible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you, so you might be, <laughs> you might be uh, comparing that situation to this one, yeah. and, but you forgot about the relationship was bad. Yeah. yeah. No, literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, to piggyback off of that, man, um, it, it's it's sad because you make these comparisons from the, the the women that you've had before, the women that have had the men before. God could have your one right in front of you, man, and you mm. might miss it. Mm -hmm. uh, you miss the it. The thing that I, I got out of what you just said, man, is naturally as a man, you know, you know, you're you're like you said, you are thinking with your other head first, man. But but you doing that, man, literally can make you miss your blessing. That's 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 that's, that's what's sad, you know. And a lot of men would have to say, man, that the ones that they probably had, you know, any one of them probably could have been the one. But you sexualized yes. the relationship yes. instead of analyzed it first, you know, and really yep. just to see what she was all about and see what the relationship was looking forward to. So uh, and the crazy, I'm gonna piggyback off that real quick because I know you probably have another point, mm -hmm. but. If you think about, if you can think about your past, you think about all the people that you interacted with, you've had the most genuine and the most, the most authentic time with the people that sex wasn't even a conversation. That's wow. right. Wasn't even a conversation. Wow. And it's like, man, before, before I even got to this point, I didn't see her as, I didn't see her as a piece or as an, a piece of me or an object. Mm -hmm. I didn't lust after her. I just sat in this moment and I had a genuine, authentic conversation about who she was about her day and about her upbringing. It was something that attracted you to her. Right. So when, when you think about that, it's like, okay, I, I don't really want that just yet because I have so-and-so doing this and I have so-and-so doing that. Mm -hmm. So you'll miss out on love because you won't lust. And that's and that's a big thing. Wow. Man. That's it. That's man. it. That's it. Nashville, man, we want to thank you guys for joining us. This is, again, another episode of the Black Man Venture Podcast. Podcast, good morning. The Body Mass Index of Relationships and Marriage in a Black Man with Rex Howard Jr., man. We're going to get a quick segment segment break into you guys, as we always do, and hop right back into the content with my good brother, man. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Vent today? Good morning again, Nashville. Good morning. We want to thank you guys for joining us on the Black Man Vent 2 podcast. Good morning. 
small segment break that we want to give you guys on the show this morning. And um, it's going to be a new segment break that we'll bring in to the podcast for our audience. And it's going to be called The Black Men Vent to Thought for Today. The Black Men Vent to Thought for Today. Real short segment break that we're introducing to our audience on today. And the Black Men Vent to Thought of the Day is coming from Booker T. Washington. Associate yourself with people of good quality, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? We want to thank you for joining in for our segment break. Let's get back into the content. just like that just like that we are back we are back thank you for uh taking time to check out our segment break that we have for you guys hope you enjoyed it this is the black men vent 2 podcast good morning nashville have you heard a black man vent today by the mass index of relationships and marriage with my guy rex howard jr man quick fire question quick fire question that i'm gonna ask you right here man when was your first first heartbreak first heartbreak (laughs) Uh, I take it back to middle school. Uh-huh. This is one lady I used to, uh, I worked really hard to get. She played hard to get, um, a little Christian girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I even told my mom, like, I'm gonna make this girl my girlfriend one day. Mm-hmm. So, end up getting to a relationship. A couple, she went to a different school. A couple things happened and a breakup was needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And although I felt a type of way about it, the heartbreak came when um, a couple weeks later, one of my guys came to me. I was like, hey, old girl been kind of, um, pushing up on me like do you mind if I make her my girlfriend like if I start talking to her yeah and like as a man it's like I don't even think you should ask me no question like that but yeah um, yeah, yeah the fact the, the fact that she knew this was one of my teammates she knew this was one of my uh teammates from football team and for the track team and I'm around him all the time I, that's that's a boundary that should never been crossed yeah. but she ended up doing it they dated for a little while and then once um they broke up she did the same things with a couple of my other guys. And that right there put a dagger in my heart to the point where every single time I seen her, I would get a stomachache. Like I would, I would be disgusted and I felt, <laughs> I felt terrible. So like I said, started in middle school, but we ended up going to the same high school and it lasted up until um, so my sophomore year when all the, everything else started to transpire. Man, man, them, them heartbreak hurts. Yeah, man, you know what? And when he just said something about the stomach ache, you almost <laughs> my started hurting by the first time I had a heartbreak, man. man. I told my son, man, and we mentioned on a pod, couple podcasts ago, man, that first heartbreak I remember, man, it felt like somebody hit me with a gut shot and I wasn't prepared for it, man. man. And if you don't get in the gut and not prepared for it, yeah, that one, that one gets you. That's the one that gets you. And it's funny, man, because men in relationships, man, I mentioned this in the episode too. Men can't take out what they dish. Mm-mm. I mean, we can't, basically, <laughs> we can't, what we give, we can't receive, man, in terms of, of a relationship, man. And um, to partly touch on that, man, off the air, Nashville, we had a conversation with Rex, man, and uh, we learned <laughs> that uh, his relationship is distanced involved. Well, he and, said it earlier. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. He did say it earlier. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, man, um, 
Man, I'm I'm speaking, I think, to every brother when uh when I say this, man. You in Houston, Texas, dog. And everything is big in Texas. <laughs> so with that being said, man, um tap in with Nashville, with our audience, man, with our black brothers that's tuning in to yeah, this. Yeah. Men and black men in general have a problem with sexualizing relationships. So for you to have the disciplinary boundaries that you mentioned sure. early on with your girlfriend, man. How are you able, man, to hold true and hold strong to that? Literally, you being in Houston, Texas, and your girl being back in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Man, quick and short answer, God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank building, Thank build, build, being intentional, being intentional about what I want, how I want my future to look, and what I want in my relationships. And like I said, God is a big portion of that. And I would tell you exactly what. So growing up, I, I seen my pops. Um, do certain things, next certain ways when it comes to different women. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I was online mm-hmm. and the, my guys asked me, would you ever cheat? And my answer was no, because I seen my pops do it. And I feel like if I start, I won't be able to stop. Mm-hmm. So at that point in my life, I felt like that was something that I inherited. Like it was something that's in me. Yeah. So, so I had to step outside of that. And once I, I did my dirt in my past relationships and I've seen how it made people feel and I've seen how it made me feel, I was like, you know, Rex, if I'm going to do this relationship, I'm going to do it the absolute right way. I don't want a bad conscience. I don't want things to be lingering on my mind. I don't want to have to been in corners and trying to hide certain things. I want to do it the absolute right way. And with my current girlfriend, she's, she's been done uh, done bad in the past and I've seen how that has affected us in our relationship mm. so it's like I don't even want to put you in that same situation and and, and and do that to you again so the question is how am I in Houston and I'm, and I'm able to do that so that was a great question I was like how am I going to be able to do this but <laughs> it, it, it took it, it took self-discipline and one thing that we don't do well is we don't take away our temptations Right, we don't take our temptations. So one thing for me is one thing I realized was anytime that I start drinking, and if I'm not with my lady, I can I can I can be friendly, or I, I may my thoughts may be going somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. I have to set myself a boundary. Yeah. If I am going to drink, I need to drink around guys that I trust. I need to drink around females that 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 are that can keep boundaries and respect my relationship. Right. Because if I'm drinking around people that don't care about my relationship, then I'm, yeah. that can be a lot of temptation. Right. That's that's number one. Number two, and not a guy's not going to hear this, but I had to stop watching porn. Mm-hmm. Had to stop. I had to, I had to let it. I had to let it go yeah. simply wow. because. If if I am in Houston and I'm only seeing my lady once a month or once every other month, it's like I need to let out something in some way, form, or fashion. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm watching this, I'm constantly in my head about what I want to do to certain people, how what I want to do to my girlfriend, and it's like yeah. I, I I need to get rid of this because yeah. my mind is in a whole different place. Yeah. So I had to had to limit that, and then when it comes to the friendships that I built. I was intentional and I have been intentional. I will continue to be intentional about every single friendship that I built. And my friendship started at the church. Yeah. My friendship started at the church. So I found a church home. I connected with the guys in the church. Um, I found a barber. I connected with that barber and he's actually married. So the people that I've connected with, they're, they're either where I am or they're, um, they're where I want to be. So they're either married, um, they're, they're, they're leaders in the church or they're in a relationship and they're working on building healthy relationships. So my surroundings and my environment had to shift 
because if I'm around guys that's, that's going to push me, hey, bro, your girl not here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I won't tell. If you're around that, not to say not not to say another man can, is going to tell you what to do, but another man can influence your actions. Right. So with right. with that with that being the case, I had to get rid of my temptations. I had to set my mind clear. And every relationship that I built that was with a woman outside of my relationship, boundaries had to be set. And if I felt any sense of disrespect from another woman, then it's like, okay, it's time for me to let that relationship go because sure. this isn't something that my lady would be proud of. This isn't yeah. something that would make her happy. So I, that's kind of, that's what it's been for me. And it's been going good. Hey, man, I appreciate that honesty, man, because yeah. at the end of the day, it does take some self-control, but that's one thing that bros have to understand, man, is the self-control that it takes to stay out of a sexual relationship is not within us, man. It's something that God has to give you, man. And a lot of times we try to do it on our own, man, and we 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 lose grip, man, because like you said earlier, we put ourselves in situations, man, that we can't handle. And when we put ourselves in situations that we can't handle, and we put ourselves into relationships with brothers and sisters that are not seeking our better good, then man, it could cause us to fall. And it's the trip part about it. When they see you fall, you were thinking yeah. that gloves was with you, but then when they, when they see you fall, then they then they dog and they ragging on you, man. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, everybody is not out for our better good, man. And we got to really yep. understand it. But when you find somebody that can hold you accountable, man, some brothers that can hold you accountable. I like what you said. I'm finding brothers that are married in successful relationships. And that's what I'm trying to model myself by. So those are the cats I hang with, man. That's good. Yeah. The Bible says this. Uh, a bad company corrupts good morals. Every bad, time. Yep. <laughs> Every time, man. Every yeah. single time. And I and I mentioned one last thing. I had to I had to adjust my my following on social media. Mm. Right. Um, so when me and my lady started dating, I was following seven thousand people. Right. I had well six thousand people, and I had uh, six thousand followers, or whatever. But over the last three, four months, I've unfollowed, um, I've unfollowed uh, 5,000 of those people. Wow. Wow. 5,000. And a lot of it is because there was people from my past. A lot of it is because there were certain pages that I was following that may have, not necessarily nudes, but women that were just exposing themselves in different ways from fashion. And if the more I continue to feed that into myself, the more trust was was a thing. So you already may have some sense of trust issues because you're so distant. Me and my lady are 935 miles away. Yeah. If she sees me on social media liking all these different pages of yeah, women that she's never met, yeah, that's man. going to create issues. Yeah. So I had to I had to eliminate those issues simply because I wanted her to be happy and I just wanted to prove to myself that I'm capable of having the discipline to tell myself no. Man, that's so hard. <laughs> that's so hard, man. And I just, I just, I, I, I have the utmost respect for you, Rex, man, to be able to do that, man, in this culture, this social media-led culture, this cancel culture that we got. Yep. Um, um, that's big, man. And that ties into my next question, man. What you do, man, as a relationship coach and how you give these motivational, these inspiring messages um, on all your social media platforms, what is it about social media that just quite frankly is just effing up relationships in, in just so many words? What is it about rela- about social media that we allow 
necessarily to mess up our relationships or again what is it about social media that has its certain dictations on where we think relationships should be and should go so number one is everybody wants to every okay first of all on social media people are only putting out their best days they are only putting out their best days so they're they're putting out their best pictures they're putting out their best relationship posts. They're putting out every single thing. So you have people and couples that that are like, hey, I want to be just like them. Mm -hmm. But behind closed doors, Mm. he he may be putting his hands on her. He may be cheating on her all the time. She may be stepping out. Like it ain't as happy. Like I said, one thing one of my guys said, the grass, the grass is not on it's not green on the other side. It's green wherever you water it. And so many people (laughs) are so focused on everybody else's grass that their grass is dying so that that's one thing and then like it says just being able to compare 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 having all these social media influencers telling people all right this is what a man is supposed to do Mm -hmm. this is what a woman's supposed to do Mm -hmm. and and no matter depending on how you were raised you're going to agree to one side and you're not going to agree to the other side so there's going to be conflict so if i'm raised in in a if i'm raised in a household where my mom and my dad work, I'm going to repost those posts that say, I want a woman that may go 50-50, or I may want a woman that's going to willing to put in the work. But if my partner is raising a household where her dad did all the work, she's going to repost the things that say, a man is supposed to take care of everything. Right. So right. even wow. on social media, we may be going back and forth, simply <laughs> because what you're liking and what I'm liking doesn't align. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So, so social media is, is killing our relationships for multiple reasons because we're comparing it because everybody is posting everything that makes look perfect and they're not really posting their bad days and 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 that's kind of what it is and then as far as your relationship goes you don't necessarily want to be true and honest and be vulnerable and transparent with your following so you're only going to post what's good even though you may be broken hearted you may be getting cheated on you may have a whole bunch of like um disorders or dysfunction that goes in a relationship but you want it to look good to the world so that's that man mm-hmm. and I thank you yeah. amen and, and what you just said I Spot think that's on. so so true man because we can always find the good man but when there's something bad that needs to be dealt with also because if you never deal with the bad then how can you make the bad better the bad is going to always be there until you deal with it in other words if I got a car and it's got a flat tire I'm just going to keep driving with the flat tire no I got to fix yeah. the flat tire man. you know what I'm yeah. saying yeah, you can't keep doing that that's just like this quote that said, God's going to continue to show you the same person in a different form until you understand the lesson. Wow. And, and, wow. Until you get that lesson. So like you said, we we try to we try to put our blinders on when it comes to the bad stuff and just keep thinking things are going to continue to get better. But until you actually address it, it's never it's never going to go away. It's just going to show up in different forms. I know you're right. I know you're right. Amen. <laughs> Sure. Got, uh, got some questions, man, for Rex. Man, Nashville, again, we want to thank you guys for joining us, man. This is great content. The Body Mass Index of Relationships and Marriage in a Black Man with my guy, Rex Howard Jr. Pop. Yeah, Rex, man, first of all, again, man, we thank you for coming on and just sharing with us, man, about all the things that you do and just being positive and transparent about your relationships, man, and where you are as far as relationships. Because, again, we just trying to help brothers, man, be better brothers, man. That's what our, our goal is. So with that being said, your coaching thing that you do, what does 
the initial session look like when somebody comes to you, like a couple, saying that they want you to coach them? What's the what the what does that initial session look like? Say if a I, lot of questions. Me, you know, me and my wife came. Like, man, you know, I like Rick. Man, I need to holler at him for a minute. Let's go. Let's go see what he's talking. About. <laughs> so, so what happened is. The initial session is the consultation, right? I always said uh, 15 to 30 minutes or really 15. During this time on my consultation app, you can set up, you can write in what, what you've been going through or you can actually wait to the conversation to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's just a conversation. If majority of the time it's just one person, but if, they, if they're with their partner, then I give them both the opportunity to speak. But I want to address what the main concern is, mm-hmm. right? What the main concern is, I'm writing down and I'm asking questions regarding that main concern and then I'm getting both sides because one the way it affects me may not be the same way it affects my partner right so and then the reality of it is the main concern may not even be the main concern yeah so and it may be something totally different so with that being the case I'm not giving any solutions or answers the, the first talk I'm really just building up trying to figure out building a report trying to figure out what the problem is what the concerns are on both sides so then I take a step back once once we set up our initial, our real appointment um, in that time, my downtime, I'm, I'm looking at what they got. I'm looking at how I can help them. And I'm trying to figure out, well, before we got off the phone, I asked them, what's your ultimate goal? Mm-hmm. What, what does your relationship look like if mm-hmm. everything worked out like it's supposed to? Mm-hmm. So once they give me that answer, I'm writing it down. So now I'm building, I'm building how I'm going to help them because there's no guide like, I won't say, hey, step one, this is what I'm going to do. Step two, this is what I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do everything, and I'm going to tailor everything to your relationship. Mm-hmm. So mm. during that during that main session, I'm like, all right, so for this session, we're going to focus on this goal right here. You said trust is an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. How? What caused the trust to be broken, mm-hmm. right? Did you guys have a conversation about that? Did you communicate that? And one of the last guys I talked to, he came to me, he said, hey, Rex, um, I cheated on my girl. And I want to know, like, how can I get her back, right? And I asked him, except for giving him an answer, I said, I said, um, why'd you cheat? He was like, well, because we ain't been having sex. I'm like, why haven't y'all been having sex? He was like, well, she's been going through stuff. Her, her periods have been prolonged. So, okay, cool. I said, um, he said, and I just felt like um, I wanted more attention and I, I wasn't getting from her, so I went up somewhere else. Wow. I said, okay, cool. Wow. Did you did you communicate those feelings to her? Wow. He was like, no. I said, so you went off and made decisions to to disrespect the relationship because of how you felt, but you didn't ask her how she felt. And it wasn't because y'all wasn't having sex simply because um, something was crazy. Y'all wasn't having sex because she was dealing with something personally. Dealing with something, yeah. So so it's like if you can't sit sit tight for a second while she's dealing with something personally that she can't even control then what makes you think you're going to be able to do that when, when things get better? Yeah. So, and he absolutely had nothing to say. He had nothing to say. So that's my thing. I'm not going to sit up here and just say, I'm going to give everybody this advice. I'm going to listen to everything. I'm going to take out the key points. And I'm going to ask you questions that's going to make you come up with the answer. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Again, yeah. causing people to look at their negatives. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the deal, yeah. man. That's the deal, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's big, man. That is that is real big, man. That's real. You big. force people to look into the mirror, um, <laughs> and I think naturally, again, as a man, we cannot take what we dish, you know. And that's 
that's that's my biggest thing, man. And in, in that infidelity realm, um, I played offense and defense, if you will. You know, cheating, right. cheating on, man. But I think the thing that 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 I need to learn, and that a lot of a lot of black men need to learn in general, man, is when do you stop? You know, like when when is the cutoff point? Um, you know, to realize, man, that that time is gonna keep moving. And you're going to keep missing your blessings. You're going to keep missing, not necessarily the woman, maybe the job that you wanted to have and can't get it. Maybe the, the car that you could have bought, but you financially tripping because you buying subscriptions on Pornhub. Like, it's just yep. it's so much stuff that you can just just stop, you know. And, 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 and Rick's just, just uh, again, rapid fire question, man. Why can't black men stop? Like, just in the, in the, the, the psyche that we have, when we're talking about, man, this sexualization thing, man, what is it about our culture, man, to where we make black men, where we make infidelity so easily attainable, man, and we just can't stop? Like, what, what, what is that about us? We, we, are, we want quick fixes. Hmm. Yeah. We, we, we want quick fixes. Not only do we want, well, let me expand on that more. Mm -hmm. um, if my partner isn't doing certain things, then I know somebody that would do it, right? If, if if I'm used to if I'm used to getting oral sex this way, and my partner doesn't want to do it, or she doesn't yeah. uh, feel like she wants to. I know somebody that will. Yeah. Um, it's all about it's all about quick fixes, and uh, we don't we like self control, and we lack the positive ro uh, role models in our environment. So if where I grew up, if you if you get all the guys in the room, just like on this bar barbershop talk, ninety nine percent of the guys are gonna say they stepped out where I grew up. So it's a norm. So it's like my daddy did it, so I'ma do it. My yeah. uncles did it, so I'ma do it. And yeah. nobody's gonna nobody's gonna tell me not to do it. So why not? So if you grew up in that environment where where people are stepping out, infidelity is a, a huge thing, and people aren't getting married. First of all, you're not going to get married because my daddy didn't get married. Mm -hmm. My uncles didn't get married, so why I'ma get married? Right. So and if they cheated and they still got relationships and they, they their woman is still at home, even though she don't really trust them, she there because she she don't want to leave, then that's that. And another thing is a lot of women in our uh, generation, our society, they have given their partners too many chances and not made it made it a thing to where they had to stop. So if I'm a man and I and I cheat on my lady, she find out, she cuss me out, she get pissed off, she leave for a couple of days. But she find a way back to the house. The minute you come back, yeah. that man knows. All right, I know exactly what to say. I know what gift to buy, and I know what place to touch to make you come back. And you and you gonna continue to come back every single time. But the minute, and I tell I tell young people, I'm young myself, but I, say, I tell young people all the time, if you go back and listen to these old R and B songs, these men are begging these women. Come on and now. They, he said, <laughs> what did he say? He said, he said, I went to a house and I knocked the door and she, I didn't get an answer. I called her phone to the didn't ring anymore. I still couldn't get an answer. <laughs> and I watched TV to the TV ran turned off. <laughs> and it was like the way he was feeling, she was no longer putting up with his mess. But if you have a woman that's gonna continue to put up with your mess, you're gonna feel comfortable to continue messing around. Wow. Well, hey man, wow. now it's gonna be some brothers, man, gonna be mad at you. <laughs> you just hold some game right now, yeah. man. You know what I'm yeah. But at the end of the day, you said right. something that was right. really true, man, yeah. is yeah. ladies have to hold themselves accountable by not allowing men to treat them like that. Yep. If they keep their role together, not allowing men to treat them like that, 
That'll cause the man to be better because <laughs> at the end of the day, man, we want what we want, man. But if mm -hmm. you don't let me get what I want right off the rip, then I don't want it no more. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm give you a perfect example. And I, I wanted to make a post about this, but I didn't want to expose too much. Mm -hmm. So my granny and my granddaddy, um, they they shacked up for a really long time, like mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> for a really long time. And they they had a they had their own house, and but then they stayed together all the time. Mm -hmm. And my granny wanted to be married, mm -hmm. but my granddaddy had no sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. So one day she told him, "Hey, I want you to um I want you to pack your stuff up, and I want you to move back into your place, and um I'm we're done having sex. Like we can we you can come over here, we can have conversations, we can go on dates, whatever. But I'm done having sex until I'm, I become your wife. Mm. Tighten up real quick. Pose the next month." Propose the next month. So I tell women all the time, you don't realize how much power and influence you have in your relationships. Although men, we we gotta hold our self accountable and take responsibility for our own actions. It's not we're not we shouldn't go out and cheat. Mm -hmm. But as a woman, if you have a man, you should you shouldn't allow your man to go out and cheat and you shouldn't allow him to come back home to you because you never know what he could bring back to you. You never know anything could happen wow. so with that being the case there's so much influence and power that a woman actually holds but they just have to understand that yeah yeah you're gonna get some you're gonna get a lot of applause from the ladies on that one man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's, that's that's real talk though man yeah. and that, and you do. You do. yeah that's real talk man that's real talk and uh at the end of the day man i think brothers need to hear that because a lot of brothers don't want to get married but the ones that do want to get married, man, there should be a certain standard that's required for you to get this woman, man. Because at the end of the day, George Clinton said a long time ago, man, the dog should be chasing the cat. It shouldn't be the other yeah. way around. <laughs> you know? That's facts. Right. So that being said, the woman shouldn't have to be chased. Uh, shouldn't have to chase the man. She should have to. She should be the one that's being chased. And that's what yeah. makes it so fun, man, to the point where the relationship trying to get what you're trying to get is fun. But like Jim, like y'all said earlier, but when you start making sex one of the most highest priorities in what I'm chasing, well, there's no more chase no more. And you, you know it is crazy. You, 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 and you, you start to make those comparisons mm -hmm. because what I just thought in my head of, you know, he's talking about the dog chasing the cat. Naturally, yeah. man being so prideful, you like, man, I ain't finna chase though. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Shirley, Susan, and Barbara do everything that I need. I, what I'm chasing her for. Exactly. Yep. It's so easy for us to do that, man. And it's strange, man, that, that, that we're having that conversation, man. And, and you can see it to being that that's what it is. You know, like, like we make those comparisons without having those boundaries. Those traumas start to bolt start to roll over and roll over until you got this big snowball man of, of you literally not facing anything that you did you know and just understanding that what you did can affect the relationships you get in moving forward mm -hmm. yep 100 yeah man it's, it's 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 interesting man but pops man um if you want to give a uh got a question to wrap up man yeah you know? yeah i got one more man so so like you said man uh you you try you you you're on the path to trying to get married, which is a great thing, man. So this will be our last question, man, because again, we appreciate you on this uh this Monday yes. morning, man, yes. of being so Thank transparent you. with us, man. And starting our week off, man, this last episode in relationship and man, we I think we ended it on a good note, man, because mm -hmm. you're a young brother, but you speak for, with a lot of wisdom, man. So let me ask you yeah. one thing. With the way you're speaking, 
where did this wisdom come from? Did it come from everything that you saw growing up? Or did you just kind of start gathering all this and now you're at the point now where you can share wisdom, but you're still at the point of learning? How did, yeah. you, how did you get to this point? So experiences, research, and and just conversation. So I'll talk with the first experiences. My, my failed relationships taught me a lot, mm-hmm. right? And every relationship, I went into the new relationship, like, okay, this, the last relationship didn't work for me because of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I, for a long time, I pointed the finger at them. Mm-hmm. They was like this, they was like this. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what, what did I do to contribute to the way things ended, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to start pointing the finger myself. Mm-hmm. So I start, okay, cool, what can I do different within this next relationship? So I was like, okay, how can I become a better communicator? How can I express my feelings in a manner to which I can get it out without yelling or without exploding? That was a big thing for me. And it's something I still work on to this day. That's number one. Um, From the time I can remember, middle school all the way through high school, I've always connected with my coaches and uh, counselors and pretty much leaders of the school, the black men of the school and the black women of the school. Mm -hmm. So anytime I was dealing with relationship issues, I didn't go to my friends. I went to the leaders. I went to the older people. All right. So I was getting the wisdom at an early age from them. And although they didn't have everything figured out, they were still in dysfunctional relationships, but they gave me their learned experiences Mm -hmm. and what didn't go right and what did go right for them. So I'm taking those experiences from a woman's perspective and from a male's perspective. And then when I hit the age 20, when I hit, when I turned 20, I bought my first relationship book. Mm-hmm. my first relationship book and it was called love and respect and it said although um a woman values well a woman values love and if she doesn't feel like she's going to get unconditional love from her man she's going to treat him in a way that's not respectful and a man values respect so although a man wants love um if well let me see and pretty much if the woman isn't showing him respect like he feels like he needs then he's going to react in ways that isn't loving Right, so right. it's the power of love and respect. So we talk about unconditional love and unconditional respect. So when I started reading that book, I was like, man, this is a complete game changer. A lot of stuff that I was talking about, like you hear unconditional love, that's all you ever hear. I've never heard unconditional respect. Mm-hmm. And I never knew how much respect meant to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and now it's you. So I start reading those books. And then um, when I, that book led to another book. Now I'm on like, as far as in the last five years, I done read 20 relationship books, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gathering all that experiences and majority of those times, these are other people's experiences, but they apply to today. And then you add in the fact that I've been reading this one book. Well, a lot of my books for school, um, even though they're relationship books, a lot to, it has a lot to do with the Bible. They pull from the Bible. Right. And they talked about how relationships and how God wanted marriage yeah. and how he wanted your singleness. Yeah. So not only am I pulling from the main source, I'm pulling from these other sources from other people. I'm pulling from my own personal experiences and I'm pulling from uh, the wisdom I got from my mentors and leaders growing up. So it's a full circle of information. That's great, man. That Damn. is great. That is great. Nashville, Nashville, we have, again, just, just, just been just been grace, man, with such yeah. another great episode, man. Yeah. Um, this has been the Body Mass Index of Relationships and Marriage with my guy Rex Howard Jr., man. And um, bro, we thank you, man. Yes. If you want to give 
do me a favor, give Nashville all of your uh, social media tags. Um, even your okay. podcast with Miles, man. Take this time, man, whatever you need, man, to do that, man. And just let Nashville know what you're all about, where you can be found at. Okay, once again, I am Rex Howard Jr., the relationship coach. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Rex Howard Jr., where you'll find TikTok reels, tips on relationships, on love, sex, intimacy, and just life in general. On, on Twitter, you can find me at underscore uh, Rexington. Um, and then on Facebook, you can find me at uh, Rex Howard Jr. on Facebook as well. And the last thing that I'll leave you guys with is this. If you are in a relationship, you're working on a relationship, you're working on your marriage or whatever it is, or you're just in your phase of singleness, um, just know that the perfect relationship doesn't just happen. It's created. Mm. It's created. So so just know you have your own personal experiences, your own culture, your own life, and you're, and you're wanting to bring somebody else into that space that has their own different experiences as well. So if the communication is a problem, then you guys have to focus on communication. If the sex and love is a problem, then you guys have to focus on that area. If spirituality is a problem, then you guys have to come to a consensus because if you're not equally yoked spiritually, then that may not even be a, that may not be a relationship that you should even entertain. So with that being the case, once again, it's not, it doesn't just happen. It's created. So take your time, be patient. Don't rush the process, trust the process. Yes. And you know, just do everything out of love. Hey, man, that sounds great, wow. my brother. <laughs> wow, man, man. Nashville again. This has been another episode, man. Thank you guys this Monday morning, Pops. Nashville again. We want to thank Rex. We thank him for his input. We thank him for uh, his transparency this morning. Uh, Rex, thank you again, man. We're going to get ready to end this session, man. And like we always end it with our audience. Until next week, Nashville, it's a wrap. Black man, Sir. don't get trapped. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can and you can't with what you can't. This has been another episode of the Black Men Vent 2 Podcast. Good morning.